0: Amen. Good morning, Power Place. I'm Isaiah. I'm the lead pastor here at the Power Place. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily. It's why we're here. It's why we exist. It's what we're doing. It's our journey and our job here in Kenneth Square. We want to come alongside of you and help you see things like you haven't seen them before. We want to help you and encourage you. Just like Pastor Luke was talking about, he encountered the Lord and saw people in an airport, how God saw them. I, I, I know that God wants to take us as followers of him and start to reveal people's walks of life so that we can be a voice into their hurting. You know that anger comes from a place of hurt. It comes from a place of, of, of neglect or something like that. It's, it's always rooted in something. And so those kind of things, if you run into someone and there's like there's there's a there's a a resistance there, there's something in the way because of something that's happened. And so if we as Christ followers can come in and be that gap filler and show people how God loves, I know that this nation will be changed for him. We're on a journey here in Kenneth Square to change this region, not just this city. And so God is expanding us. He's giving us more territory and we're taking it. And God is using this territory uh, to change lives forever. We've got our kids. uh, There's no junior Holy Spirit. We've got our kids learning about Jesus today and they're becoming kingdom minded kids, warriors for him. And I believe with all of my heart that those will be the next leaders of tomorrow. Amen. They'll fill governmental seats. I believe that what's being raised in these rooms out here, uh, we have around 80 to 120 children. Uh, I, I believe that those are the next leaders of tomorrow. And so we're doing now what's going to bear fruit later. We're starting to instill now what's going to bear fruit later. We're starting to put in and instill things in them like courage and faith and things unseen. Because we don't go by what we see. We go by what we know. And what we know is that he's king of kings and he leads every step of the way. And so when you come up to a moment of resistance, you have faith to walk through it. And as these little children from stinking infant all the way to 11 years old when they're in, in this wing, I'm telling you, what we're starting to do is build in them good fruit. Now, patience and kindness and kindness. Uh, the other day I said, uh, we, we like to ask this question to our children and, and to, our, to just our family when we're sitting around the table uh, or sitting in the living room. Hey, what's one thing that you feel like you're doing well right now? One thing that you're doing good and they answer. And then, and then we like to ask this question, what do you feel like is one thing that you could get better at? And Roman and Sloan both answered and they said, I think we could get more patient. You know how we call your name over and over again without saying, excuse me, I think we could slow down and wait for you to respond. And I love that. I love that. I think that, that's a win. That's a win. I was like, hey, that's great. That's a win. That you're noticing something at eight and five. That's a good thing. So if we can start to instill in them now patience, that's a good fruit. And so now what we're doing is we're starting to get them thinking about things, even at a young age. And so we push them a little bit. I you push them a little bit more. Hey, remember when you said you wanted to work on patience? Is that patience? No, I need to work on that again. Yep, okay, let's go back. It's the same thing that we do in our, in our adult life. Some of you never got told about patience in your childhood, so your adult life is a wreck on the street. You behind the wheel of a car is awful because you were never taught patience as a child, and so you have zero patience in your driver's seat. I, I met this guy this week at a stop sign. He was teched. He was tacked, and everybody was following the law, but he was tacked because we weren't going fast enough for him. I can promise you it's not an adult problem. It's a child problem. It's something that hasn't been instilled, hasn't been taught. And so we're being intentional here at this house and we're intentionally building children that are kingdom minded, not worldly minded. They're kingdom minded, not situational minded. Five of you are agreeing with me right now, and it's so good. I felt so uh, like accompanied right there in that moment. God's working. He's working. We're in the middle of summer, and God's working. He doesn't take vacation. He continues to move. Now, you need vacation. You need to take vacation, but God doesn't take vacation from you. I'm a firm believer that cabins need to go and beach houses need to be built. Because I'm just a sand guy. And I believe that vacations need to be taken. Amen. 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 Hey, listen, prophecy is so important in this house um, because it's biblical. And in second Peter, uh, verse one, uh, chapter one, verse 21, it says for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They tuned their ear to the Holy Spirit and spoke what God was speaking to them. Prophecy is so important in first Corinthians 14, three, it says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. This is good news. This is good news. Prophecy needs to exist in this day. It's not weird. It's not wacky. It's Bible. It's Bible. Now, are there some wacky prophets? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ever gotten a wacky prophecy? Mm Mm-hmm. Yup. You ever had to return a prophecy? Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. Hey, that wasn't for me. Not sure who you're speaking to, but it ain't Jesus. That's why we like to say the line. Hey, if this resonates with you, just want to submit something to you, because if this resonates with you, great. If not throw it away, because at the end of the day, I'm human and sometimes I miss the mark. But I know that God's so good that he wants to send messages. So it's not going to restrict me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to live in fear of delivering a word. I'm just going to word it right so that I can hand it to you and you can either throw it away or keep it. Amen. There's no perfect person on the world. It's only him. He's the only perfect one. So we just go ahead and set ourselves up. I love prophecy. But when it's, Hey, this is what the Lord said and you better do it or else. That's a problem. So we just deliver a prophet, a prophecy and we, we say, Hey, listen, this is something I want to submit to you. And if it resonates with you, great. If it doesn't, it's all good. Not a problem. I know I'm human. It's good. Cool. Amen. 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 So if you get a prophecy in this house and it doesn't come by that way, just give it back to him or tell me. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so the, the prophecy is so important and, and this last year, um, I I got prophesied over and the guy walked up to me and he handed me this watch and uh, it's just a regular Nixon watch, pretty cool watch. And he said, I just want to make sure I got this right. I wrote it down. He said, you have caught the eye of the Lord and he handed me this watch. He said, the Lord wanted me to give this to you. So when you see it, you remember he is watching you. Now, one month before he gave me this word and he gave me this watch, I was at the mall with my children and my wife, and we walked into a store and there was a Nixon box of watches. And when we went to the Nixon box of watches, it was right before my birthday. And I looked at the kids and I said, next year, daddy's getting a Nixon. And I pointed to a specific watch that I loved because it was my style of watch. And this just happens to be that watch. The guy doesn't know me. He had never met me before. And he doesn't even live in this state. You want to tell me there's no God. And you want to tell me prophecy ain't real. God is so good. He loves his kids so much so that he wanted to give me a confirmation that he sees me and to give me a gift. (laughs) The funniest part is when the guy gave me the watch, he said, I know it's not that great of a watch. And I was like, oh, son, you have no idea. I'm going to be wearing this thing every day. Every day. The Lord is so good. And he cares about his kids. So all our job is, is to get in position and watch God work. We just get in position, live in obedience, and we watch God work. And he does. I don't say that to gloat. It's a pretty cool watch. I know. Maybe someday the Lord will lay it on my heart to give it to you. Okay? As of right now, he hasn't. Okay? Okay? But I love the Lord. And let me just go ahead and confirm. I'll just confirm this whole hand. The Lord is so good. He hears your prayers. Over a year ago, I lost both of my grandfather's rings at the pool. I was swimming. They were getting a little loose. I handed them to my wife. So she lost them. And I said, can you put this in a safe spot? She put them in a a, a spot and Later on that evening, I said, hey, babe, where are my rings? And she said, I don't know. You never handed them to me. And I said, yes, I did. She said, no, you didn't. And I said, yes, you did. Yes, I did. And then we went back and forth. And I said, yes, I, yes. I, I, I remember. I remember handing them. No, you never handed them. I, I remember handing them. No, over a year. So we started praying. We started praying, Lord, I pray that you would bring these rings back up. I called my mom. I'm like, search your house. I, I, I didn't know. I, I, I literally tore back everything in my house. We are at the beach uh, a couple weeks ago and I get out the cooler and, and Brittany goes, hey, can you grab my bag? It's in the front of the cooler. I grab her bag and when I pull it out, two rings come falling out and fall into the parking lot. And I was like, oh, there he is. He's real. He's real. I put them in their safe to keep them safe for the year. Right, babe? That's, that was the story. So God brought me back the rings. Prayer works. Even in the simplest of things. My God is the God that can, he can kill you of cancer and he can bring back. I'm telling you, the Lord is so good. This was heritage to me. This was remembrance. I love wearing my grandfather's rings. I think it's amazing. And so I love having them on my hand and the Lord knew the importance to me. So he said, Hey son, I hear your prayers. I'm going to hand you something. It's a gift. And so put yourself in position to see God work. Amen. Amen. Can I give you some practical advice? Tune your ear to him, wait and listen. Tune your ear to him, wait and listen. Tune your ear to him, wait. This is where we get the frustration in waiting. Because we don't want to listen because we just want to talk. Tune your ear to him, wait and listen. God, you have my patience and you have my ear. So, Lord, I tune into you. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I want to talk to you today, part two of the Suddenly's position. Everybody, look at your neighbor. Say, the Suddenly's position. The Suddenly's position. Say it again the Suddenly's position. I want to talk to you today about two Bible stories that uh, that position themselves for the Suddenly's to happen. I felt like last week, David and Goliath, that was a suddenly's position. These are all like Sunday school Bible stories to me. These are like the felt board of Sunday school Bible stories, okay? Like this is how I grew up in a classroom with a green felt board in many different states because we traveled full time. These are the stories that resonate in my spirit when I think of the suddenly's position, okay? The suddenly's position. And there is a position when it comes to suddenlies, suddenlies don't just happen to everyone. Look at your neighbor, say, You better check yourself. Yeah. No, I should have been more serious than that. No, like, look at your neighbor, like you're walking down West Philly and say, You better check yourself. <laughs> okay? First Kings. Chapter 18, verse one. Later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. Okay, hear me. Tell him that I will soon send rain. This is from the Lord. I will soon send rain. Some of you in this room have gotten words from the Lord and you've kind of gotten rid of it. Let me, let me, let me help you here. Tell him that I will soon send rain. verse two. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe in Samaria. So Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a devoted follower of the Lord. Once when Jezebel had tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had hidden a hundred of them in two caves. He put 50 prophets in each cave and supplied them with food and water. Practical advice, Jezebel is still trying to take out the Lord's prophets. Hear me, Jezebel is still trying to take out the Lord's prophets. You need to lean into learning so you aren't losing. You need to lean into learning so you aren't losing. A great resource for learning and understanding the Jezebel spirit is a book by Landon Schott, Jezebel, the witch is back. Okay? Jezebel, the witch is back. You want to learn about the Jezebel spirit? Great resource. Great book. You can learn, glean, grow. Because if you're not learning, you're losing. Verse 7. As Obadiah was walking along, he suddenly saw Elijah coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him. Is it really you, my lord, Elijah? He asked. Yes, it is, Elijah replied. Now go and tell your master Elijah is here. Oh sir, Obadiah protested, what harm have I done to you that you are sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab? For I swear by the Lord your God that the king has searched every nation and kingdom on earth from end to end to find you. And each time he was told Elijah isn't here. King Ahab forced the king King Ahab forced the king of that nation to swear to the truth of his claim. And now you say, go and tell your master, Elijah is here. But as soon as I leave you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you away to who knows where. When Ahab uh, comes and cannot find you, he will kill me. Yet I have been a true servant of the Lord all my life. Has no one told you, my Lord, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets? I hid a hundred of them in two caves and supplied them with food and water. And now you say, go and tell your master, Elijah is here? Sir, if I do that, Ahab will certainly kill me. Oh, oh, but I've already done the work of the Lord. Why are you making me do this? It's a position. Verse 15, but Elijah said, I swear by the Lord Almighty in whose presence I stand that I will present myself to Ahab this very day. So Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, so is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. Now, summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who are supported by Jezebel. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. I love how Ahab listened to Elijah. Elijah comes up in there and he's like, whoa, whoa, "Whoa, you're the troublemaker. Go ahead and call all your little people and bring them down here." And Ahab was like, "All right. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, "How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. but if Baal is God, then follow him." But the people were completely silent. Isn't that funny? So loud in their opinions, so loud on social media, but when it comes to actually facing the problem, they were silent in person. Doesn't that sound like our current day? Everybody talking behind your back. Ain't nobody got the courage to come to your face and let you know what's up. That's why we value real. We lean in to hard conversations because intentional conversations lead to health. So good. Verse 22, then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it, I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it. Then call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God, and all the people agreed. They dug their own grave right there. That is the suddenly's position. Elijah put himself in the suddenly's position. God told him, I am sending rain soon. Elijah went by faith, stood before Ahab and said, hey, we got an issue. Let's go ahead and do some things because I've got a prompting from the Lord that something's about ready to happen. So we're going to find out who the true God is. When you're in the suddenly's position, a lot of things you say and do won't make sense in your current situation. When you have to rely on God, When you have to rely on God, you act different, you talk different, and you listen different. When you have to rely on God, you act different, you talk different, and you listen different. That's why when you rub shoulders with someone that actually trusts the Holy Spirit and leading and guiding, they sound different. Their language is different. Their posture is different. Their courage is different. Their faith is different. You see it. You see it all over them. They they don't get affected by things around them because they act different. They talk different. And they listen different. In verse 25, then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first. For there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it and call on the name of your God. But do not set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime, shouting, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced hobbling around the altar they had made. Can you imagine that sight? What a great sight. Just watching people trying to call on a God that doesn't exist. Looking like a bunch of buffoons after being silent in the face of courage. They already came in with their tails between their legs. And now they're like huddled up over in the corner like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to call on bail. It's going to be great. And then they come out. They're like, okay. All right, Baal, please answer. Please. All right, he's not answering. So let's dance. Let's try that. I've seen that at a Pentecostal church before. I think it might work. Let's try that. I mean, they're, you know, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it looked like or what it sounded like. Okay, I wasn't there. I'm just trying to fill in the blank, okay? <laughs> they're, they're, they're pulling at everything. Kind of like our current situation. They're pulling at everything. They're going to tell you that Roe v. Wade didn't work. Because it only saved 25,000 babies. Sounds like a win to me. They're going to tell you that people are not buying into change. Sorry, looks to me like there's more good schools being launched in this season than ever before, because people are waking up to the reality. If you send your kid to public school, that's not a problem. I, I, I know growing up in the house that I grew up in the house that we're doing now, sleepovers were not an option. It's not that I was weak. It was that they were protective. If you want my children to sleep over your house, it's a big negatari. If your house, if your name, last name doesn't rhyme with Schmack or Schmallus or Schmandizio, it's not going to happen. It just is what it is. Why? Because I protect my kids and I want to put them in an area where they can build an altar, put a bull on it, call fire from heaven, and he does it. Because they're built in kingdom-minded areas. And I'm placing my children in strategic environments saying, there you go, Lord, we're putting them here, now you can pour. We're putting, oh, we're just positioning them for greatness and a life full of faith. In verse 27, about noontime, Elijah began mocking them. Now, I find this part funny If I was there, I might have been like, Elijah, chill it out. You know what I'm saying? But he's mocking them. You'll have to shout louder, he scoffed, for surely he is God. Perhaps he is daydreaming or is relieving himself. Or maybe he is away on a trip or is asleep and needs to be awakened. (laughs) Elijah, tone it down just a little bit. I mean, he goes in. I can see Elijah looking at him and be like, oh, I went to the enemy's camp, and I t- took back what he stole from me, and I t- took back what he from me, yeah, I'm about ready to take it back what he stole from me, yeah, I went to the, <laughs> I can just, I can see this moment where the Lord is working in this moment, and he's using Elijah as a prophet, he's there saying, hey, listen, just so you know. There's an ending coming, and it looks like you're not going to win. So it goes on. Verse 28. So they shouted louder. Duh. Protest. We No!" And following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but still there was no sound, no reply, no response. Why? Because they're calling on a God that was never real and never will be real. Verse 30, then Elijah called to the people, come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that they had torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel. And he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about three gallons. He piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, Fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. I love this. Let's take it to another degree. Why not? Let's dump some water. Verse 34, after they had done this, he said, Do the same thing again. And then and when they when they were finished he said now do it a third time. So they did as he said and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. Verse 36. At the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, "O oh Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant." Prove that I have done all this at your command. Now, let me remind you of what he said in verse one. Tell him that I will soon send rain. The promptings of the Lord. He's about ready to send fire before the rain. <laughs> verse 37. Oh, Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God and that you have brought them back yourself. Verse 38, immediately, immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Yeah! Yes! Yes! Yes, that's my God. He didn't just come down and take the bull, he took the stones, the dust, the water. He said, "We're taking it all." Can you imagine being there in that moment from going from these 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 450 men going around cutting themselves, being being all crazy, calling out and then Elijah just stepping up saying a simple prayer. Yeah. Or prove it. Prove that you are Lord. Prove that you are God. But Elijah doesn't stop. That wasn't good enough. Verse 40. Then Elijah commanded, seize all the prophets of Baal. Seize them all. Don't let a single one escape. So the people seized them all. And Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. You want to mock? You want to go that way? It's over. Ooh. Verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink. For I hear... What does he hear? What, what does he hear? It's not just a rainstorm. You see, you see, the Lord said, the Lord said, I will soon send rain. But in Elijah's spirit, he news, he knows that the Lord sends mighty. Ooh. The Lord sends mighty. The Lord doesn't do anything small, <laughs> so when the Lord gives me a prompting, I know that He's going to go above and beyond. You need to go and eat and drink, son, because soon, oh, I hear a mighty storm a brewing. Some of you need to wake up because I'm getting ready to drop something, and I'm already in the process of dropping it, and you're just not getting it. I'm telling you, the rain, hell. Oh, Mighty rainstorm is coming. And you know, you know, you know, you know. The King Ahab is like. You're joking, right? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. You're the guy that just called fire from heaven and it happened. So I'm gonna go grab something to eat and drink. So his fruit, his prayers, what he saw and knew. (laughs) He said, Elijah's not a joke. Elijah's the real deal. And so therefore, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. This is a prophetic word coming from Elijah. God told him now he is walking in obedience. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. No doubt in the way he said it. That's the suddenly's physician. There was no doubt in the way he said it. He said, hey, King Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. The suddenly's position is the posture and action of if God didn't step in or doesn't step in, this will not be possible. The suddenly's position is the posture and action of if God doesn't step in or didn't step in. This will not be possible. Verse 42, so Ahab went to eat and drink. Duh, he did. He's like, yo, I saw a fire. I know the rain's coming. I can't see it yet, but I didn't see the fire either. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) surprise! So he went and got some drink and got some eat, and there it is. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low. Love where Pastor Billy went this morning. You got to get low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Verse 43, then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. That's an act of faith. (laughs) Some of you never get to part two. You just say it's coming and then you never act. Part one saying it's saying it is void without action. Part one becomes void without action. You can't just say it's coming and then never go to look for it. You can't say, I feel it. I feel something. You got to have action. And so Elijah sent and he said, hey, I need you to go and look out toward the sea. Tell me what's coming. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, uh, yeah, um, I, I didn't see anything. Practical advice. If God said it, He meant it, and he'll do it. If God said it, then he meant it, and he'll do it. That's how he works. That's how he works. I've been saved a long time, and I've watched God. And when he says it, he means it, and then he does it. (laughs) As long as I stay faithful and see it through, God, what he says, he means, and he'll do. Now, he might give up on me because I'm not giving in to him and say, I'm going to have to go somewhere else and use you, you, somebody else because I told you to go pray for that person and you won't, so I'm going to have to let you just go sit down. All right, hey, will you go pray for that person? I tried. Elijah says, go look for the rainstorm. The servant comes back and goes, hey, I didn't see anything. So what does Elijah say next? Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Two. Yeah, Elijah. I, 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 didn't, I didn't see anything out there. I know you keep telling I know you're down here low. you <laughs> down here. Elijah. Hey. <laughs> I know, I know you're like in this posture of praying, but you sent me, and I've gone twice now, and there's nothing. So I know. I know he said fire, but are you sure he said rain? I just it's getting kinda of funny. Elijah in the low position says, Go again. Go again. God said it. He meant to He's gonna do it. Out to the edge. Says time three, and he looks out over the edge and he's like, oh crap. And he runs back over. He's like, Elijah, Elijah, hey, Elijah, I didn't see anything. What do you want to do? Elijah says, go again. He's like, okay, okay, okay. Oh boy, oh boy. Elijah, Elijah. We're really getting used to this. Run, like there's nothing. I don't know if you're like joking with God or if he's joking with you, but I didn't. Go again. Okay. All right. Are you sure? Okay. Can I get some new shoes? Okay. All right. I mean, can you imagine the moment between Elijah face down where he's going before the father and this kid is just trying to be obedient and trying to go? And he's like, no, 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 you got to go back because God told me that soon he's sending rain and I believe that the prompting was real because I'm a son of the most high God, so get in alignment and watch him work. (laughs) Woo! Woo! Oh, 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 it gets so good. Because you know that by time six, this kid's like, this boy's whack. I'm not really sure why I'm following him. I'm not really sure. I saw the fire, but I'm not sure about the rain. And he goes out, and by time six, he's like, there's nothing. This is frustrating. He's marching back to Elijah, like, oh, I don't know why I keep going out there. I keep listening. Hey, wake up. There ain't nothing out there. I've been out there six times. What do you want? What do you want? What are, you, what, are you, what are you looking for? Go again. Uh. All right, last time. I, I can see it. Last time I'm doing this, and you owe me a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <He> goes out. <laughs> and he's looking over the sea. Oh, and when he looks over the sea in verse 44, finally the seventh time his servant told him, I can see him. I can see him out there on the seventh time. Like, oh man! Oh! <laughs> oh! I didn't see that the last six. The last six, there was nothing there, and now there's something there. I see it. Oh man! And he like, Oh Elijah! Oh man! Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, "I saw a little cloud. <laughs> it was about the size of a man's size of size of a man's hand. It's so small." <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Ah. I saw a little cloud, about the size of a man's hand rising up from the sea. Ooh. You know what's different, though? He had already journeyed here six times. And he saw nothing. Ooh, Ooh, I'm about to drop something. You need to be writing this down. I'm telling you, he had been out to this mark so many times and seen nothing. That when he came out here on the seventh time and he saw a cloud about the size of a man's hand, not very big to you, but to me, that's a confirmation to a word that God gave me in my private moments. And today I get to be on top of the mountain seeing the size of a man's hand cloud rising up from the water. Woo! Oh, don't challenge my private time with God. Look at the results. Shoo! Oh, and a servant. Uh, it's like, hey, hey, just so you know, I was starting to doubt you. I just gotta be real. We gotta have a real moment here. You sent me out on the sixth time. I was like, ain't no way. But now I see it. There was a cloud about the size, and I'm telling you, you're the man. You're the man. Go ahead, spend all the time you need down there, man. You got this. I'm just gonna be back here. I'll be your armor bear, all right? You got it. You go. Ah, Elijah continued with faith and action the, sound of the small cloud was a confirmation for his spirit. So what's he do? He reacts with shouting Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. Oh, that's a sound of action. That's a sound of faith. Why? Because there's only a small cloud. But Elijah knows the Lord told him, soon I will send rain and you better be ready for when it comes. And so he starts to warn. Verse 45, and soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Oh man, I might get excited today. I needed a green felt board for this one. I could have really dressed it up. Oh man, are you the kind of follower of Christ that leans into what God says and nothing and no one can change that? Or are you the type that is tossed from wave to wave, in conversation to conversation? Can I pass through you for a moment? Ooh, one of the power place's unique characteristics is bold, untamed faith. Whew, be that kind of Christ follower. Ooh, I might just get excited today. I'm telling you, God is so good. And when He sends a confirmation as small as a man's hand. You can take it as a confirmation from the Most High God and that it will happen because if God said it, He meant it, and He'll do it. Amen. That's story one of two amazing stories that God put in the Word of God so that we could read it and be inspired to stay in the suddenly's position. Look at your neighbor and say, Hey neighbor. Are you in the suddenly's position? We're going to move to Daniel chapter three. One of my all time favorite stories. I heard my father preach on this all growing up as we traveled from church to church. I remember the expressions that he made, the story that he told and how he told it, the language and the, the, uh, the, the fluctuation of his voice as he told this story. And when I read this story, I cannot read it without listening to the way that he preached it. As I read this story, I, I literally read the words as he is preaching it. Every time I read, certainly, O King, I have to do a, an accent because that's what he did. He would always say, certainly, O King. And so and when I read the word, when I read this, this passage of scripture, I don't go by, by my narration. I go by Pastor Greg Hollis's. It's very funny. This just shows me, parents, be strategic with your children. Because you plant good seeds now, they'll prosper later. Amen. Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 90 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people... All the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue the King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. This is exactly what happened in 2019 when COVID hit. And I, I, don't, mean to, I don't mean to go here and, and keep harping on this, but I want you to understand the importance of this. This is the word of God. We read this. You can correlate this to today's times. Okay? The world bowed to fear And came alongside the agenda of the wicked. Wear these masks. The whole world started to bow and fear evil authority. Do you hear me? What evil has done has pulled the wool over so many eyes. Bow to the golden image, bow to fear. My body, my choice. Last time I checked, my body is a temple of the Most High God, and he resides there, and I'm I'm in charge of stewarding that temple. It's not my body, my choice. It's his temple, and I'm to steward it well. Verse 8, but some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. There are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ring a bell, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made. When you hear the sound of the musical instruments, but if you refuse of the musical instruments, but if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Some of you talk in riddles, hoping that someone will get that you're a Christian without offending them. But in the meantime, lowering your standards to fit in. It's okay to be bold and clear. I didn't say rude. I said bold and clear. Don't sell the suddenly's position for the adaptable position. Some of you need to write that down. I'll just go ahead and wait right here. Some of you are selling the suddenly's position for the adaptable position. You just adapt to your environment. Well, I'm around those friends, so I have to adapt a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing what they're doing, necessarily. I'm just helping them to see what they can't see. Are they changing? Because if they're not changing, you're adapting. That was really good. That was really good. Deserved a little bit more of a, yes, so good. In Ephesians 4... 13, it says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Don't sell the settling position for the adaptable position. Don't be tossed from wave to wave. Don't be that Christian. know who you are. Be bold and clear. Verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. I've seen this face on my sister. (laughs) She was like so frustrated with me. How can you be frustrated with me? I remember back in the, uh, when we traveled, we we had the trailer and the truck and we would ride as kids back in the back. And when we were in the back, uh, we would torment my sister by turning into aliens and act like we couldn't understand her. It was amazing. So we'd literally, and the only way to communicate to my parents was a intercom system that was mounted on the wall. And so we would block that with all of our lives because we knew that a spanking was on the other side of if she got to that intercom. Um. So So we would literally be in the back of the trailer and then we would just die and we'd be like... She's like, no, please, no, please. And then we'd come back as you know, beep, 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 beep. And then we'd go out. Oh, it was amazing. Guys, it was magical. So magical. Oh, I love the tormentor. So good. Going on, he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. He was pretty frustrated. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Ah, 24, but... Suddenly, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty. We certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed and the fourth Looks like a God. (laughs) Uh. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. What? Are you kidding me? You ever been into a house that's uh, uh, heated by wood? The house, is, it smells like wood. It smells like fire. No no, 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 no. Not an ounce. You thought the fire was going to kill you, but it refined you. You thought the fire was going to kill you, but it refined you. You thought, <laughs> you thought, you thought, you thought the fire was going, no, no, no. The fire was set there to refine you. Isaiah 41 verse 18. I will open rivers on the bare heights and springs in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land fountains of water. God can do the impossible. What seems impossible with man is not impossible with God. Don't get out of the suddenly's position because you're faced with something that seems impossible. Step in. Oh, 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 King, I I know you set up this image and you expect us all about. Oh, no, no, no. we're not going to because my God can deliver us and he will. But even if he doesn't, we're going home. So we're good. Thanks for checking on us over here. But you go ahead and play your zooth and liar and zither and zed. You go ahead and play all those gen things. And and we're just going to be over here. We're going to stand because we ain't bound. verse 28, the Nebuchadnezzar said, I love this. This is so good. Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any God except their own God, Therefore, I make this decree, if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this than the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon." Go ahead and try to tell me that God doesn't exist. You go ahead and get yourself in the sudden least position and watch God work. He took what seemed to be an impossible situation and brought possibility to it. He took people out of position and said, hey, listen, I'm going to protect you here in the fire and I'm going to place you back to even a higher position. The province of Babylon. I'm here to protect you. You just walk in faith and watch me work. It's the suddenly's position. It's the suddenly's position. It's the suddenly's position. Worship team, you can join me, please. The suddenly's position. The suddenly's position. The suddenly's position. The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Elijah—they knew something. They knew something that was special. That God could, and He would. He could, and He would. He could, and He would. But even if He didn't, they were okay with it. And this is where the church gets hung up because we're in a position where we're like, "Ah, man, but if He doesn't." I'm not really sure I'm going to be able to do this. I can't give a sacrificial gift because if I do, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to pay my bills. We're even held up on those kind of things. We're even held up on the small things because we get so hung up on the small things that that we don't know if God can do it, that we don't act by faith and step out so that God can show up and supply. I know that God feels joy when his kids are in position. It's not possible unless he steps in. That's the Suddenly's position. I heard the Lord say, don't worry, son. Don't worry, daughter. I'm stepping in. I heard the Lord say, don't worry, son. Don't worry, daughter. I'm stepping in. As I was preparing, I heard the Lord confirm in my spirit so many times over that the suddenly's position is action and faith. Faith and action. Action and faith. Faith and action. And when you step in, you watch God work. So Judy, you can start to play. I just want you to stay seated. I'm not trying to close here. I'm I'm, I'm trying to help you to understand that the suddenly's position is intentional. The suddenly's position is intentional. When servants of the most high God put themselves in position and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You open yourself up for a prompting from the Holy Spirit. All over this room, I just want you to close your eyes right where you're at. I'm not wrapping up. Just so we're clear, I don't want you to be frustrated in a half an hour when I'm not wrapped up yet. I just want you to close yourself in. feel the Lord is speaking to his sons and daughters this morning. The Lord is speaking to his sons and daughters this morning. I heard the Lord say, Don't worry, son. Don't worry, daughter. I'm stepping in. (laughs) Don't fear the unknown. Just stand. Don't fear the unknown. Just stand. Don't fear the unknown. Just stand. Because I'm stepping in. I will fight for you. He is fighting for you. Stay in position. Just want you to take a moment and say, I am the Lord's. I'm staying in position. Go ahead. You can lift your hands all over this room. Just stay seated. Keep your eyes closed all over this place. Just lift your hands. I am yours, Lord. I'm staying in position. I am yours, Lord. I am staying in position. Ah. I am yours, Lord. And I'm staying in position. Even when I don't see the clouds, I will send my servant back over and over and over and over because I'm not worried that you're not going to show up. It's just probably not time yet. So I'm going to continue to go back to the outpost and look over the sea and look for that cloud, that small cloud, the size of a man's hand, Lord. That's all I need. I just need a little confirmation. And God, I'll continue to go back to the place you told me to go until I see it. I'm going to stay in the suddenly's position, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. I'm going to stay in the suddenly's position. I am yours. I'm going to stay in the suddenly's position. I am yours, Lord. Stay in the suddenly position. Keep your eyes closed. You can put your hands down. Some of you have been robbed by the enemy, and you need to take back (laughs) what he stole from you. As I was praying this morning, the Lord brought that song into my spirit. I went to the enemy's camp. and I took back what he stole from me. And I started singing it. (laughs) And I started encountering the Lord. And the Lord's like, I am getting ready to restore. Oh, I'm getting ready to restore what the canker worm has eaten over years of time so that my children can with confidence get back in the suddenly's position. This morning, you're in the room. You say, I'm ready to take back what the enemy stole. That's you this morning. The Lord spoke to me this morning for you because he knew you were gonna be here. That's you, you're in the room. You wanna take back what the enemy stole from you. I just want you to stand right where you're at. I just want you to stand right where you're at. You don't have to move. I just want you to stand right where you're at. You're ready to take back what the enemy stole. Over years of time, you're ready to take back what the enemy stole. The Lord spoke to me this morning for you. He's that intentional. He's that intentional. Right where you're at. I just want you to lift your hands. He's restoring you right now. He's restoring what the enemy ah, for years tried to eliminate in you. Ooh, those seeds that the Lord planted deep in you, the enemy tried to take them, but today you're restored in Jesus' name. You're restored in Jesus' name. Oh, man. I just, I had a, a, a visual right here, just a vision of, of your hands up, and you were like a funnel, and the Lord was refilling you. He was refilling you. Go ahead and just receive. He's hes pouring out right now, right where you're at. He's pouring out. You're being filled right now in Jesus' name, restored what the enemy thought he had. The Lord this morning turns for good. Now, uh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's all you, Lord. It's all you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let him work on you. Let him work on you. Church, we can just pray. Come on, just pray. The Lord's working. He's restoring right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's healing happening. Ooh, I feel in my spirit. It's literally, it's been over 10 years of the enemy working To eliminate you from the journey that God has for you, the walk that God has for you, the path that God has for you today. Be restored, son. Be restored, daughter. You're a son. You're a daughter of the most high God. And today you're restored in Jesus name. You're restored in Jesus name. Just go ahead and tell him how much you're thankful. Just go ahead and thank him right now in this moment. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's okay to get your boisterous. It's okay to get a little loud. It's all right. It's okay to be thankful. It's okay. It's okay to be loud about your thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your restoring power. Thank you, Jesus, that today made brand new in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. You can be seated. You can be seated. Oh, what God's doing in this room. Just want to listen and be obedient. I think of Elijah in the moment on his face. He had already seen the fire from above. Now he's waiting on the cloud. Now he's waiting on the rain. It was in these moments before the Father that the Lord kept confirming in him Hey, wait. Hey, wait. 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 Send him again. 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 Go back, go back and look over the sea again. Go back and look over the sea again. Some of you have had words spoken over you years ago, and God has sent me here this morning to tell you, go back to that word. I go back often in my journal, back to prophetic words that have been prophesied over me, this house and my family. I go back and I look, Lord, have you brought that prophecy to pass? Because if not, it's probably in the process. Some of you didn't get that. If the prophecy has not come to pass and I'm not living in it or haven't seen it, then it must be in the process of happening. So I'm going to go ahead and get in position and I'm going to steward the prophetic word that has been placed on me. And sometimes this is a hard position because maybe I have to have (laughs) a reality check and say, Hey, Zay, you haven't stewarded that prophetic word very well. Just because it was prophesied over you doesn't mean that it's coming to pass. If you can't steward it, it ain't gonna happen. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Some of you didn't like that. It's okay. You'll get over it at lunch. If there has been prophecy over you and you are not stewarding it well, don't expect it to come to pass. Once there's prophecy released, it's in your hands to steward it. Oh, Just because we were in the season of expanding territory and that was our word for the year that the Lord put in our hearts, we had to act. We had to steward that word. We had to say, hey, all right, we're going to expand territory. We're going to launch a school. We're going to take more space. We're going to do this thing. Well, what if? There's a lot of what ifs. What if the cloud didn't show up? What if fire didn't fall? What if? The Bible's full of what if moments. And if people, prophets, wouldn't have leaned in to what God was saying, those what ifs would not be confirmations in the Word for my spirit today. So I want to be the kind of child of God that is the story that others can tell people. Oh, do you want to be the story? Do you want to be the story that someone can use to say, oh, you've never met my friend. Oh, I watched as my friend walked through this and God told him and he acted and then God did. Oh, man. I'm telling you, there's such confirmation in his presence. And so when we get before the Lord and our daily encounters, and that's why we say daily encounters with the Lord matter. Daily encounters with the Lord matter. Well, how do you hear them? Daily encountering. And then your daily encounters don't have to be trapped to your house. You can be like Pastor Luke and just be in the airport. That's great. Then you can encounter the Lord in the airport. And your posture of praise doesn't have to look like this. You'll be walking in the airport with your backpack on, encountering the Lord. Lord, what are you doing? A good friend of mine saw me in a service and he walked behind me. And when he saw me, he said, Lord, I know you want to speak something to him. Tell him, give me a word for him. And so he went before the Lord and the Lord started downloading in him a word for me. He went to the Lord for me. He went to the Lord for me. The Lord spoke. He went to the Lord and said, Hey Lord, your servants listening. And I know you have something to say to my friend. The Lord downloaded a word and he came and delivered it to me. And I have it in my journal as confirmation of what God's doing in this house intentional in every moment or are you sitting in this service today totally distracted by your reality and situations have you heard what i said today or are you just distracted by the problems in the world that you're having are you that okay this is going to sound offensive but i promise you i'm just pastoring for a moment okay let me get in the dad role for a second are you that stubborn that you can't give god two hours of your sunday morning and your full attention? that you write off everything that's said because you think your life is harder than everybody else's? Sorry, that was just a pastoring moment for a second because I want you to know how much I love you. I love you so much that when I go to the throne room, I go to the throne We have a saying here. We say leaders go first. And so when I go to the throne room, I don't go for you. I go for me. I go for him. And when I'm in his presence, he downloads things for you. That's how much God loves you. God loves you more than I do. Sometimes I'm frustrated with you. If I can be real, God loves you so much. He wrecks me in my private moments so that I can help you in the public moments. Did you know that God wants your full obedience and he wants to send you back to look over the sea for the cloud of confirmation. God wants to send you back to look over the sea. Because he's bringing the cloud of confirmation into your situation. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know your day to day. I don't know your, your, your walk. I don't know your home environment. I don't know what kind of, of family you live in, whether it's a divided home, whether it's a, a together home, whether you have issues from Monday to Saturday and then Sunday we think you got it all together. I'm not sure. I don't know if you're having money issues. I don't know if you're having obedience issues with your children and it's just frustrating and you're watching, you're watching everybody just kind of go all over the place and, and, and you live in, you live in this state of confusion and chaos. I'm not sure, but I do know this, that when you give your full attention to God and you give him your yes, the cloud of confirmation is coming to your home. The cloud of confirmation is coming to your home. Come on, can we stand all over this place? Can we stand all over this place?